This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. This is your host, Jeremy Bergeron. I'm super honored to be back in the studio again. It's been a couple of weeks, and we have an incredible guest yet again in our virtual studio. Let me tell you a little bit about Christy Raymond, Chief Marketing Officer of Kohl's. You may have heard of Kohl's, Fortune 226 out of 500, I believe, over a 1,000 stores, blowing up, doing really well. And Christy's experience spans leading consumer insights, analytics, digital marketing, personalization for some iconic retail and entertainment brands. You may have heard them. Kohl's, of course, Disney Parks, uh, startups like Advanced Learning Science. And at Kohl's, since 2017, Christy has been instrumental in evolving its loyalty program, implementing personalized engagement strategies, leveraging data-driven insights, all of this to provide value to Kohl's amazing cult-like customers. Her passion for understanding consumers has helped drive Kohl's digital marketing transformation and she's still going. Been over there, been over there over five years, right, Christy? I have. Over five years. Thank you for being on Marketing Trends. We're honored to have you in the studio today. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me. I'm looking forward to this time. What's on deck for you right now? I think when I think about Kohl's, I think about, I mean, it depends on who you ask. It could be, is it challenger brand? Is it, you know, brand that's fighting its fighting for every every piece of market share? I'm looking at the data. It looks like things are going really well for the brand. What's what's kind of top of mind for you right now as CMO? What's on your plate right now? I would say, you know, I think it's the same thing a lot of CMOs are looking at is how do we gain market share? How do we really break through as a brand? Retail is an incredibly competitive industry um, and very disrupted industry as well. So it's really important for us just to stay modern and to really stay a leading brand and a kind of be top of mind for consumers. So, you know, every day I wake up, that's all I think about. Okay. So I want to I want to double click into your experience at Disney. To me that you spent a lot you spent many years at Disney and in, in a couple of in a couple of different leadership roles mm-hmm. there. But talk about what you drew from that experience into Kohl's. What are you bringing from that experience? Epic brand at Disney. You did some gr- fantastic things with customer insights and data there. But talk about your experience and what you've drawn from that and what you bring to that as a CMO at Kohl's. Yeah, um, maybe we'll start with customer as you you ended there. Disney, I was there for 15 years, my second time, and it is as consumer-centric as it comes. And so it was really the bulk of my career I spent there. And we put the customer you know, front and center at every moment in the journey. So as I think about bringing that to Kohl's, that's always extremely top of mind. The other at Disney is it's, it's a creative company and the power of creative, the power of a great idea trumps everything. And as you think about retail, which is such a data-driven industry, I love to think about balancing that with creative, with innovating, and with fresh ideas, and really figuring out what that kind of secret blend and the secret sauce is of both of those. I think, you know, as you look at organizationally, 
the Disney was extremely collaborative, very much about how do you really harness the power of a team and the power of the collective. It's what I believe really makes that company so successful. And again, as I look at Kohl's, it's something that's incredibly important. Retail, you have your merchandising partners, you've got your finance and your pricing teams is really important. That marketing is in lockstep with all of those teams. So something that's really important for us as we move forward. How is the brand evolving like right now? I mean, the brand's been around a long time. They've traditionally positioned themselves one way. We're in 2023, seems like retail, along with other industries, is changing rapidly. But how is the brand evolving now? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, we're really trying to go back to our roots. You know, Kohl's has, Mm. to your point, been around for a long time. We have been known for, you know, our brands value and convenience. Those were the tenants of the company, you know, at its core and from the day it started. It's still really what makes Kohl's Kohl's. But I think that means a little bit different, you know, it's a little bit different today than it was, you know, back, you know, 50 years ago. We're looking at what is that mix of brands, really thinking about how do we bring in a younger, more diverse customer? Well, that has to do with what products do we sell. So a great example is the partnership that we have with Sephora. That was a very intentional partnership to really gain market share in beauty, but also to bring that younger, more diverse customer in. And it gives us in marketing a great story to tell with those consumers. As we look at value, you know, value might look a little different than it did when Kohl's started. And we're really thinking about the consumer. They shop differently today. You know, there's, you can compare pricing online, you know, every which way. And it's very easy to understand the value that you're getting. So it's important that we evolve what the value proposition looks like with consumers as well. And it's just really about simplifying and driving more clarity. I also would say it's just harder to break through. You know, this consumers are inundated both with media marketing, but also just with choices. So it's really important that we give our consumers a reason to choose Kohl's and to make sure that's very, very clear for them. I love it. You said so many awesome things there. I want to make a note of one and go back to this one. You mentioned the Sephora partnership. Mm-hmm. And I want to click into that a little bit because it seems like that rollout has been tremendous. And I want to talk about what that's meant for the brand. Are there other partnerships like that that people can expect? What's that What's that been like partnering with a very huge, another big retail brand in Sephora? Yeah, I would say there is everything is great about this partnership. It has been, you know, it is a really strong brand. Very, very complimentary consumer base to Kohl's. What we bring to the Sephora partnership is we have this extended store footprint that really it's hard to compete with. You know, more than 80% of consumers live within 15 miles of Kohl's, of a Kohl's store. So that's a huge differentiator that we can bring to Sephora. And from our perspective, they're again bringing this great Sephora has a really strong band with that younger and more diverse customer. And they've got the product assortment, right? And it's it's, it's a very dynamic industry, beauty is, and they bring a really strong expertise. So the partnership has been a win-win for both of us. We all have, um, and from a marketing perspective, we work really well together, just figuring out what is the strength of both of these brands together, just to make sure that we're relevant across all of the consumers, both Kohl's as well as Sephora consumers. Okay. And how do you break through? You mentioned that. Like, how do you break through? How does, how do you break through? Like you said, space is noisy, competitive as all heck. People can quickly, you know, price shop and, you know, loyalty is another interesting thing we can talk about, but how do you, how do you break through in 2023? 
Yeah, I think it is probably different for different consumers. Again, I'll go back to this idea of creative storytelling. I think it's a really important part of marketing today where you have to address the consumer need. At the end of the day, you've got to solve consumers' problems. Otherwise, they're just going to tune you out. So we spend a lot of time understanding what drives a consumer's decision, what are the problems we're trying to solve, what are their needs, and then we really orient all of our marketing behind those. You know, this more of an occasion-driven purchase, so it's really important for us just to make sure that we're presenting the coals in a way that solves their needs. And then it's about, again, just telling that story in a really powerful, compelling way. You know, we focus on optimism and authenticity because we think that really matters to a consumer today. And that's what we know they're looking for. So it's really important for us to lean into some of those emotions. And then um, it's also just getting very personalized. So in those channels that we know we can leverage data, you know, one day you might be shopping for a blouse, whereas tomorrow you're shopping for your kids to get new jeans because they grow out of them. That's a very different experience that we need to put in front of that consumer. And there are a lot of different ways that we can leverage data in real time to provide us with that information to make sure we get that right product in front of them. And again, we're addressing the need at that time. So personalization is really critical for us. Mm. You recently, there was a, you discussed how Kohl's um, has revamped mm -hmm. this loyalty program, right? Based on some of the analytics that the companies compiled. Can you kind of take us through that a little bit? Like what were some of the key data points that yeah. you were looking at? What did that initial data tell yeah, you? Yeah, we had a really strong loyalty program when I joined. It was called STU. It was a points-based program. And then we also had um, Kohl's Cash, you know, a relatively iconic yeah, that that yeah, Cole's cash was yeah, crazy. It Still, you know, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, we, yeah. I think it was in the bear. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it's kind of becomes a meme at different points of time. And it's something that we felt like we need to yeah. lean into this more. Um, yes, uh -huh. was points based and then it converted into Cole's cash. And what we um felt was there was an opportunity just to simplify. Again, as we talk to consumers, their world is complicated. They're having to think a lot. They don't want to think and they want it to be easy. So we decided to evolve the program and just have them earn Kohl's cash. It's just a lever that we know they deeply understand. And so we we just pivoted and had them earn Kohl's cash. We also completely changed the customer experience, really focused on simplification. We called it Kohl's Rewards. We felt like that was just a much um, more direct way of speaking to the program. And then the whole UI was simplified and much more personalized. So it was very clear to them what were they earning and what would they what would those rewards be. Um, when we launched, relaunched the program, um, really good engagement, saw extremely strong increases in enrollment and redemption, so felt really great about that. And then we also have an extremely strong credit card, private label credit card program. The next phase was for us just to think about how do we move them up that loyalty ladder? And so we pulled that into the program and increased their earn rate if you have a Kohl's card. And so we layered, we went from, if you're a rewards member, you earn 5% Kohl's cards, you earn that 7.5%. And so we- wow. I wouldn't say relaunch, but phase two of the launch was to extend that earn to the Kohl's card. And again, saw really, really strong performance there too. I also love that you you say that you, you bring out the word simplicity. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that. I mean, it's like I, in some of the most 
in my opinion, the executives I've interfaced with have this, you know, this real concept that like simplicity mm-hmm. scales. And and I love how you keep bringing it back to that. And I'm just talk about that, how, the balance of that, how you you bring simplicity into this modern day world as a modern day CMO, where literally by the hour or minute, depending on what web, websites you're reading, yeah. things are changing, especially with AI. How do you keep that flag planted around simplicity? I think about it every minute of every day. I really do. (laughs) I mean, I think we all like to think that consumers are thinking about our brand all the time. And the reality is they're just not, right? I mean, they're just living Mm -hmm, their lives. mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a gazillion different um, brands out there that are trying to grab their attention. So it's important for us not to make them work hard. And simplicity is key there. I think it helps messages break through. We know their attention is short. We also know they just can't consume too many messages. So it is really about focus. You know, that's a challenge at Kohl's. We sell a lot, a lot of products, a lot of stuff. So really thinking about what do we want to stand for and how do we decide what those things are that we want to talk about that we think will break through. It's probably the hardest part of our job is just to really focus in on what's going to be most important to a consumer each day. On the kind of AI note, are there ways that you're using AI to enhance your marketing strategies or just your your role as a CMO, your marketing teams? Or is AI being a big part of that? Yeah, we have been using machine learning and AI for a while as we think about all of our algorithmically based marketing, I think like most marketers out there, you know, we are very data driven. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of first party data, which is a huge advantage for us. And so we harness that every day. We use it in all of our models um, for personalization. We use it across all of our media channels. I think the part that we're still exploring and playing with is more of the generative AI and what is the unlock there. We have a lot of testing and experimenting happening as we think about creative and copywriting. And, you know, I think like every other marketing marketer, we're just, we're in the play mode. I don't know that we've unlocked a there there, but we're trying to stay front and center, but not go too fast as well. Because from our experiments, we know there's still a lot of work to be done there too. You said what I was going to ask next was was just experimentation and kind of innovating. How do you bring how do you bring that, keep that in the conversation as well? And then can you talk about some of the things you're doing around Inspiracle or maybe in the past that you've experimented with that's worked well? What does experimentation and innovation look like at Kohl's? Yeah, I am a big believer in the culture of innovation. I do not think it doesn't matter what company you work for, you just can't stay the same every day. Like you're just not, not going to succeed. You have to get better. The consumer expects that of us. It's core to how our team operates and how we think as a culture. So I would say we experiment in big strategic ways and we think about, is this a new, the loyalty program was a great example. Like we tested that with a small group of customers and learned what were the behaviors that were changing. Is this the right decision for Kohl's? That's kind of your bigger experiment. But then we do micro experiments every single day. You know, in media, we're changing how we think about our our media mix. We're thinking about some of our tactical mixes. How do we optimize our media? You know, what what personalization, what algorithms are working better than not? It's, I ask my team and I ask them to think about it every day. What can we try? What can we do differently and learn? And in some ways, the smaller the experiments, the better. I think at the end of the day, you start to actually make progress faster. Do you invite 
failure into the into the equation how do you look at failure when someone's experimenting trying something new or just not you know delivering and they're failing what's that what's that like yeah and i think that's where it goes back to the smaller experiments it's okay to fail right and it's mm. you know if the risk is low then fail because you're going to learn and what did you learn i think that's the key is making sure that we learn Ideally, the failures are smaller and not um, hugely impactful to the business. But and that's the mindset I, I like to the team to think about. What I like to think about, however, if if we do make a big decision and we're all holding hands, and you know it, it doesn't go as planned, it's all about learning and really making sure that we move on from the moment, but learn as well and pivot our actions. Do you still tap into some kind of intuition around being a leader and a marketing leader? I mean, there's so yeah. much data and technology. You can pull reports on reports on reports. Yet there's also some nuance and there's kind of an art yeah. to, I think, being a marketing leader as well. Um, but what are you relying more on? Or do you still kind of have that gut? Look, you're a 20-year yeah. plus marketing. You have a lot of experience. How does intuition play into the Christy Raymond equation? I think it's a huge part. It's funny because I'm an engineer. I was trained as an engineer. I am very data-driven. I started my career actually in finance and strategy. It was a very, I would say, analytical foundation to my career. When you asked me at the beginning of the conversation about Disney, you know, that's where I learned quickly that creative does matter. And it doesn't matter what your data tells you. If you have a breakthrough creative idea, it's going to break through and you're going to make an impact. Mm. So I am a big believer in art and science. And I am a big believer in intuition. I'm a big believer in gathering consumer input, looking at data, but that's not the end all be all. You have to make the calls. And that's usually, I mean, the data can always tell you what you want the data to tell you. You have to be careful there. Mm -hmm. um, make those calls right. with your gut, with your experience. And, um, you know, you're going to learn as you go through that too. But yes, I'm a big believer in art. I love that. Now let's let's shift into kind of just how you go about building mm -hmm. teams and developing leaders. And I know that's been a big part of your career as well. And I think I think it's safe to say that you wouldn't really be where you are if you didn't know how to develop leaders. Yeah. You know, you've you know how to develop leaders. You have a process and a formula that works well. And I would love to hear just anecdotally, what do you think about when you think about building marketing teams, building leaders, developing leaders? What's your your, your kind of process there? Yeah, it's the favorite, my most favorite part of my job. Um, I love building teams and I love developing talent. And I would say leaders, I love really focusing on the whole organization. That's a big belief of mine is it's not just your leadership, but it's every single associate, doesn't matter what level. It's first about, you know, who do you put in the right roles? And, you know, the common traits I would say are people who are curious there's a humility that we all need to have today um, that I think is incredibly important. Um, people who like change, who drive change, people who get it done, and a real appreciation for what I'll call excellence is just, again, wanting to get better every day and not perfection, but there's something about really um, performing in a way that you feel proud of. And that's a very... Um, innate talent that my leaders have, and it really fuels them. I also look for people that like to work with others. I know it sounds basic and simple and maybe a little silly, but to me, that's not everybody. And you know, the teams that I build, it's really important to me that we are much stronger as a team and it's not about the individual, but you have to be thoughtful in finding those right leaders. You have to be thoughtful in bringing in diverse 
thinking as well. So we're not all thinking alike because we have to be okay challenging each other. So I really think about building a leadership team that's going to build a culture that is going to fuel progress. What about when it comes to just building trust and connection with other executive leaders, right? Like reaching across the aisle to the head of finance and the head of operations and your CEO, right? Like how does it how does that game flow for you? And how much time are you spending in just the developing trust with other ELTs? It's, you can't get anything done without it. Um, I spend a lot of time. It's, uh, it's a lot of who I am. And, you know, I think successful leaders, that is what makes them tick. And you have to mm. develop those relationships. You have to take time to have the conversations. When I'm challenged, I'm okay with that. And I think that's really important um, is I listen and we all need to listen um, because there's usually a lot of nuggets of truth in there. And again, that's what's going to make me better as a marketer and as a key leader in the company. So I foster and nurture those relationships. I want them to challenge me. You know, technology, we haven't talked a lot about. That partnership is incredibly important and we need to be in lockstep. Everything in marketing today is founded on technology. I need to understand it as a marketing leader and I need to have a really strong relationship with our technology team. And, you know, that takes time and you have to invest in that. And I need to invest in learning so I can speak their language. And all of that is really important to me. How do you dance with like velocity and and just the speed of the speed of like how things get to go, right? I mean, you you've been in Disney and other organizations. You're here at Kohl's. Um, How do you balance that part of like needing to move really fast, needing to get to an outcome fast, also moving at the pace of business and the world? Yeah. How do you kind of measure that? How do you really keep that kind of at at bay? Because you got to move fast. It's hard. I would say going from Disney to retail is probably the biggest um, difference is the, the pace. And retail is a very fast, dynamic industry. And it's actually what I love about it. Um, at Disney, you know, I was part of the Parks and Resorts division. People would take three, six months to decide whether they were going to go on vacation here. In retail, if you see a blouse you love, you buy it. And it's um, a different level of investment, a different level of planning. And therefore, the purchase cycle is just super short and it makes it really, really, really fast and dynamic. So we have to create an operating model that can support that while balancing that with longer term strategies. It's a constant back and forth. Um, making sure that the decisions we're making in the moment are still building towards that longer term strategy. So in some ways, you have to think about them always at the same time. And then to your point, the consumer is changing just as fast and the capabilities are changing just as fast. So that's where when I talked about hiring curious leaders and I need my entire team to be thinking about that. I need them to be paying attention to what is happening with customers, what is happening with every single media platform out there and what their new capabilities are, what new data is there available, you know, how can we leverage AI? Because there's no way I could feel that. It needs to be the entire organization. And that's why it's really about building that right team that can support that. I love that. What do you what do you, what do you see as the biggest opportunities in retail marketing right now? <laughs> good, good question. I actually think personalization is really key, um, and uh, it's getting so much more sophisticated. Which is, you know, being an analytical 
marketer. I love it. It's hard for me not to spend a lot of time there because there's so much opportunity to unlock that. So you have like your way um, deeper in the funnel kind of personalization. And then at the same time, it is really thinking big picture about how do I just break through and resonate with a consumer when their choices are endless and how do they actually choose there are just so many choices, tons of specialty options, and it's so easy for a consumer to shop those options today. So I need them to feel more connected to my brand. I need them to feel more loyal to my brand. I need them to. I need to give them a reason to come back to Kohl's day in and day out, and that's the opportunity in the unlock. You mentioned that Kohl's has a lot of first-party data, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing, yeah. and I think re- retail has a massive yes. amount of customer yeah. data available. What, if any, like what are some of the biggest challenges that you face in consolidating and managing the data for personalization? Yeah, it's a focus of ours every day. It's, you know, something that we partner with technology on. The capabilities change every day. What we can actually get from our partners change all the time. So we foster really strong relationship with the media platforms. I then work with our technology organization, just to think about what that infrastructure looks like. How do we evolve it? How do we create more of a flexible infrastructure that can adapt to what is changing? We know privacy laws are changing rapidly. Um, So we need to build that core foundation that can really um, evolve as the world evolves around us. And it's challenging to bring it together and to kind of match the data and to know, you know, is this the same person? That's just something that we work on all of the time and you're never getting perfect. You're just getting better. Hmm. I love it. That's, that's, that's quotable right there. Never, you're never getting perfect. You're just getting better. That's, that's a, that's a life, that's a life mantra right there. Isn't that right? (laughs) Uh, That's that's good. That's one I'm going to remember. Let's just spend a little bit of time talking about just the role of the CMO, right? You've mm-hmm. been in the seat, you understand what it is to be a modern day marketer, a modern day marketing leader. This is a publicly traded company, big brand, a lot of speed, a lot of capability. Yep. And then here you are at the, at you know, leading and serving and supporting in the, the head of marketing role. Just talk about what the new, what, what it's like to be a modern day marketing leader for you. And what do you think is needed to be successful as a modern day marketing leader in 2023? I would say first and foremost, it's about driving growth. It is the expectation of the role is you're the growth engine. That's how I think about my role is how do I support Kohl's in growing as a company? And, you know, it's really focusing on those consumers and driving that engagement, driving the sales to continue on this path forward. It's also, though, evolving as just being a business leader, and it's something that I think is really important for the marketing. Anyone that's thinking about marketing is you can't just be a specialist. You have to understand the connectivity across the P&L and across all the different aspects of business because the decisions that we're making go like are incredibly influential in the success of the company and in how the PL works. And so that's when you talk about the partnership with finance, the partnership with technology, in my case, the partnership with our merchandising organization, those are really important partnerships, but I need to understand that. So I understand how I fit in and how our team fits in to that equation. 
Are there some metrics that you just pay attention to more than others? Like when you pop out of bed in the morning or when you're starting to look at metrics? I mean, there's probably endless things you can look at. Yeah. Are there some that kind of you, your go-tos, some things that you look at of like, okay, up, I need to go jump into that or this is something I need to do with this strategy or this approach? What metrics are you kind of paying attention to more? I mean, in retail, you're looking at your sales. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. it's what we um, live and breathe by. But um, so that's always one. But I look at, we have different ways to look at our consumers. So a number of different ways that we segment those consumers. And I am constantly monitoring, you know, how, what a, how are they shopping with us? What are they doing with us? And then I actually spend a lot of time looking at industry and macro trends. It is a big influence on how people make their decisions and whether they shop and how they shop with Kohl's. So I spend, and probably more so than I ever did at Disney, is really looking at what's happening from a trends perspective. What are what are consumers thinking about today? What are they actually shopping for? Did they get their tax refund? You know, is how is inflation affecting them? Are they shifting their spend from certain categories to another? All of that is really important for us as we think about shaping our message to again just be more relevant with the customer. How much time are you spending looking at competitors' marketing strategies and marketing approach? I spend a good deal of time. I start my day and I look at competitors advertising. It's a great way for me. I love waking up and looking at new ad campaigns that are out there. I go on some of my competitors' websites. That's how I start my day. You know, I have my all my tabs open and I literally just flip through what's on their homepage today. Um, It's good for me to know not only, you know, where does Kohl's fit in today, but it helps inspire me as I think about where we want to go moving forward and think about the position that Kohl's should play in the consumer's mind. It just, it gets my um, juices flowing. And I also love it. It's just a good creative inspiration as well. You know, you get a nugget of an idea here and there, and then you put it together into something that, you know, would work for Kohl's. I love that. Okay. So Christy, another thing I really want to touch on is something I believe is a superpower of yours. And I think it's really important for marketing leaders um, to tune into this. Many of them already have possessed this as well, but many need to pay attention to this. And that is this whole real thing about being an empathetic leader. As a CMO, how do you demonstrate empathy in your leadership style? How do you promote that with your team? I think being an empathetic leader today is an imperative. Um, To me, it is critical to running a team or to running an organization and leading a team that every employee feels that you care, that you um, are willing to listen, that they can be their authentic self um, every day at work. I think that is an expectation, but it's also what fosters a healthy um, culture. I foster the way that I bring that into the team is I am proactive about conversations. I really try to get to know my team at all levels. Um, in all of our broad team meetings, we talk about things like mental health and wellness and the things that we know are really important to people. And it's not just about work, but it's also about you know what they're faced with at home. And that's just the reality of what everyone is um is living with. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge that. And it's going to bring the best in an organization if they know they're in a supportive environment too. What about when it comes to like giving constructive feedback? How do you balance empathy with driving results? I 
You know, I um, am a big believer in feedback. I do not think that giving that. direct feedback, you can be kind, you can, you are helping someone grow. I am not shy about sharing input and feedback. I think it's all about helping the individual. It's how you deliver it. Be direct, but be respectful. Think about helping them grow, help, helping them learn from mistakes or you know, an interaction, but just tell them like it is. And I am, um, I've learned that in my career and time and time again, you realize you make it so much harder than it needs to be. How do you, how do you handle work, workplace conflicts between team members? Do you lead with empathy first? Do you go a different angle? It's empathy and just hit it head on and early. Don't let, uh. I don't let things fester. I, um, the second, you know, you, you feel like there is tension happening or some kind of conflict, it's just bringing teams together and just have the conversation. And I um, think it's important that people feel comfortable being transparent. They can be open with what they're feeling and whether they're frustrated and just talk it out. I know it sounds really simple, but it's pretty amazing the progress you can make if you just get the right people together. I love that you mentioned feedback. Uh, I recently, and I'm currently going through uh, an emotional intelligence leadership development uh-huh. uh, program, and feedback has been a big part of it. Yeah. And for me, stepping into more leadership and realizing, like, fe- like you said, it's so important. It's critical. Yeah. And I think for people who maybe struggle with people pleasing and don't want to give the feedback, I don't want to say the thing and do the thing. It's like, man, it's not serving or helping anyone by not giving the feedback. No. So I love that yeah. you said that. It's super, that's a very respectful and it makes sense. I will say my some of my best bosses gave me the most critical feedback ever, but man, did I yeah. grow from those experiences and they made me be better at work, um, at home. I mean, they really just, it's nice to get a lens from outside in and help you see yourself from someone that you have a ton of respect for. How do you not take it personally when someone gives you feedback? Oh, I take it personally. It's impossible not to. <laughs> it is personal. I always think it's funny when someone says, oh, this good. isn't personal. I'm like, yeah, it is. But I don't take it as they're trying to criticize me. They're trying to help me. And that's how I think about it. And so, sure, I will lose sleep sometimes when you like play it back in your brain 500 times on something (laughs) that you did. But um, I also know in two days time, I'm actually not going to think about it in a negative way. I'm going to think about it. Oh, all I needed to do was X, Y, and Z. And I would have gotten a different outcome. Well, that's pretty powerful. And so I just focus on that. I love it. Okay, so let's get into some fun lightning round questions. On these questions, they're lightning round, so don't take a lot of time, Christy. Go straight from the heart, straight from the gut. Whatever comes up first, that's the best answer. And there's no wrong answer, okay? Yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, number one, what's the most unusual food you've ever tried? Hairy crab. It was disgusting. Oh, okay. I'm 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 the pickiest eater on earth, so. What's something you're optimistic about when it comes to the future of marketing? I'm actually optimistic about the transformation that technology is going to continue to make. If you could remove a term from the marketing like terminology dictionary, what marketing term are you just tired of hearing? New normal. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What is your guilty pleasure TV show or movie? I am, this is going to sound terrible because I know I'm in marketing. I actually don't watch a lot of TV and movies, which is horrible because I'm it. on a screen a lot. 
So I actually love, I'm going to go to books. I am like obsessed with reading spy books because like in some former self of mine, I thought I was going to be a a spy. So it's like, I live my other life that way. I love it. I love yeah. it. And look, you're not watching TV shows or movies because you're looking at the competition, Christy. Exactly. That's what you're, exactly. You're, you're, there's, more, there's priorities. Yes. Okay. What's the most daring thing left on your bucket list? Oh, I want to hike Machu Picchu. And I, um, I'm trying to do all of the big six marathons. So wow. I'm to, I don't know if that's daring, but it's that's, daring Yes, for that's me. daring. That's very daring. So, there you go. Okay. If you had a time machine... Where and when would you go when you travel to first? Past, future? Oh, um, definitely the future. Okay. Absolutely, I would go to the future. Um, How far are we going? I am, I would probably go like 25 years because I feel like I would, it's just enough to say, what are we dealing with now and how is it completely going to transform and change how people live, which I think would be fascinating. What's your favorite late night snack? I have cereal every night before I go to bed. It's the weirdest, like since I was a kid. Is it the same kind of cereal or is it any kind of cereal? Okay, what's the cereal? Heritage Flakes. Like so random. Heritage Flakes for the win. There you go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's great. I cannot sleep without my cereal. (laughs) Okay, I want to double click into this one. Do you put anything in it or just, just straight up cereal, milk, and that's it? Do you add anything okay, to it? Okay, so in the summer, I add blueberries, which is like Bam. amazing. I love Amazing, that. but they're not as okay. good out of season. So okay. it's a summertime treat. Yes. Okay. Um, what's your superpower, either you know, real or imagined? Okay, so my imagined superpower is I've always wanted to fly. Like, Same. I think that would be so cool. I've skydived. It's the best feeling in the world. So imagine my real, I don't know if it's superpower. I'm just super intuitive when it comes to people and that connection with people is really important. Um, I feel like I'm, it's part of what's gotten me to where I am today. Okay. And I hope you have an answer for this one. What animated character reminds you most of yourself? I've always compared myself to Tigger because I did work for Disney for a little time and I have a lot of energy and I love him. He makes me happy and brings a smile every day. And so I got to go with Tigger. That's childhood favorite. You just, you won won me over 10 times over with that one. Tigger for the win. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Christy, this has been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this is fantastic. And honestly, I mean, keep going. I mean, the, the, the momentum is clear around Kohl's. People, if yeah. you look at what the brand's up to, I mean, it's it's incredible what you're doing. So it's a testament to you and the team. And we're so highly just inspired by you and your ability to connect to the intuition, the data, the science, the art and science of just being a modern day marketing leader. So thank you for being here, wishing you all the best and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you, this has been fun. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies 
to create unforgettable brand experiences so you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.